welcome to the Friday Five here on the Agent Survival Guide podcast. This is our weekly recap of five things you need to know about. I'm your host, Sarah Rupel, wishing you a happy May Day. Yes, it is the first of May. And that is hard to believe because it seems like March and April went by so quickly and now here we are in May. But at the same time, it also seems like time is a strange vortex right now. The months and the days are all running together. And that's even with the help of regular calls and meetings. And I hope that comes as a comfort to you. It is not just you. It is all of us right now. But rest assured, it is Friday, May 1st. Day 46 of quarantine, by my counts, and we have got a great list this week, so let's get into it. Number one. On Monday this week, a few retail health organizations announced their plans to ramp up coronavirus testing as stay-at-home restrictions begin to ease in some locations. CVS Health, Walgreens, Walmart, and Kroger were just some of the retailers with representatives on hand during a White House announcement Monday evening. According to CNBC, CVS hopes to have almost 1,000 testing locations by the end of this month, with the capability of processing up to 1.5 million tests per month. Walgreens will open five additional drive through testing facilities this week. Walmart announced a plan to have 45 locations by the end of next week, 100 by the end of May. Kroger plans to expand their drive-through testing to 50 locations in over 12 states by the end of the month. Supplies and lab capability will be crucial factors in the coming weeks, with most retail organizations acknowledging that fact. For more information on the amount of testing sites currently available, you can visit our show notes for the link to that CNBC article. Number 1.5, I suppose I'll call this one, as it's another link you'll find in the notes for this show, but it's related to coronavirus testing sites. Apple recently added a feature to their Maps app that shows COVID-19 testing sites, so we'll be linking to a TechCrunch article with more information about that. But if you have an Apple device, simply search COVID-19 testing and you will get a whole bunch of pins that will indicate testing sites near you. Number two, an interesting topic being discussed as we're further along into the coronavirus outbreak here in the United States. Can you get COVID-19 twice? And for right now, we don't have enough information to know that for sure. But I came across an article that takes a hard look at what we do know right now, and the information that goes into the assertions scientists can make about our antibodies and possible immunity. It was a fascinating read, and I like how the information was presented as what we know so far or what has been reported, because this is a novel disease, and our scientists and researchers are still very much in the learning stages. Number three. We may be on day 46 of stay-at-home orders here, but that doesn't mean I haven't had to go out and get groceries. And I remember thinking on the way back from that first trip, do I need to wipe all my groceries down when I get home? Well, NPR Shots answered that question with a no, but they also provided some tips on how to stay safe while you're shopping. And really, it comes down to the practical advice of being concerned with the people around you, not the actual products you buy. 
The article cites some of the same tips we've been hearing. Wash your hands, wear a mask, maintain safe distances, and other suggestions like don't linger in stores, make a list before you go, shop alone, don't bring the whole family, and of course, wash your hands. We will be linking to that article from NPR in our show notes. And bonus, you can choose whether you'd like to read the article or listen to it, whichever is more convenient. Number four, if you were not using video conferencing before COVID-19, it is likely that you are now. And names like Zoom, High Five, and Teams are just some of the apps providing those services. For a little while, Zoom might have seemed poised to dominate as the free app of choice, but that might all change after this week's events. Not to be outdone by Zoom, Facebook launched Messenger Rooms, a video conferencing functionality for Facebook and Messenger. Calls can include up to 50 people, and the hope is to expand Rooms capabilities to Instagram, WhatsApp, and Portal in the future. In the press release for Messenger Rooms, Facebook reported that they are seeing 700 million accounts participating in video conferencing every day through its platforms. And then on Wednesday of this week, not to be outdone by Facebook, Google announced plans to make their video conferencing app Google Meet free for all Google users, even removing the 60-minute cap on calls until the end of September this year. Google plans to make the service available beginning in early May, but if you were listening closely, you heard me say all Google users, and that is a key strategy for the company. They plan to require users to create and log into a Google account in order to use Google Meet, likely in response to Zoom bombing, where uninvited attendees were able to log in and disrupt school and work calls on Zoom. Android Authority already has a comparison between Zoom and Google Meet that they have published, so we will be linking to that in our show notes as well as articles on both Google Meet and Messenger Rooms. And of course, all of that leads us right to number five, Zoom fatigue. According to National Geographic, it's a thing, and it could explain why you're feeling so tired after attending or possibly hosting virtual meetings on any video conferencing app, not just Zoom. And it's not just one factor that plays into this fatigue. It's the possibility of over-emoting or under-emoting. There's the screen full of faces that makes it hard to focus, and also just the difficulty of the meeting itself for people who don't do well in large meeting situations. It was another great read and might offer some insight if you've been feeling that way after a long day of video calls. And now that brings us to our bonus this week. Not a rabbit hole. I was good, I promise. Since it is the first of a new month, we've got everything coming to streaming for May. In one article from comicbook.com, I have read through that article and I've got my three picks from each of the services they feature. We will start with Amazon Prime. First and foremost, The Hustle, starring Rebel Wilson and Annie Hathaway. I'm here for that. Rebel Wilson is one of my favorite actresses. She's always hilarious, so that is definitely on my list. Alias, the entire series, is coming to Amazon Prime, so if you haven't ever watched every season or haven't watched in a while, it is a great time to do that. And then my kids pick on Amazon Prime, Pinkalicious and Peterific Season 1. 
My daughter loves the Pinkalicious books, so this would definitely be a hit with her. Moving on to Hulu. The Dark Knight. You can't go wrong with a classic superhero flick, or in this case, the classic supervillain flick, as it definitely kicked off the trend of the villain origin story in Hollywood. Solar Opposites is the new animated series from Justin Roiland, co-creator of Rick and Morty, and there's a lot of buzz around this new show. It is the story of aliens taking refuge on planet Earth after leaving their own planet, and they're still figuring out if that is a good or bad thing. Please note, though, if this show is anything like Rick and Morty, it is not child-friendly. My kids pick for Hulu? Megamind. Yes, it is 10 years old, but it's got a solid cast, it's got a great plot, and it's a bit of a spoof on that familiar superhero trope that also gives the narrative over to the villain. On Disney+, Plus, I'm excited for all the episodes of Prop Culture, which takes you behind the scenes of Disney productions. That is just a genre that I will probably never get tired of. My kids pick... Definitely Vampirina Season 2. My daughter loves that show, even if she is not the biggest fan of Halloween or anything scary. And then on May the 4th, yes, Disney Plus is leaning in and dropping the series finale of Star Wars, The Clone Wars, that day. Finally, on Netflix, Trial by Media, a documentary on the media's effect on several big true crime cases. Really excited to watch that. Also, Song of the Sea, that is an animated take on the Irish Selkie fairy tale, and it has captivating visuals, soothing music, it's probably not the best for younger kids, as it's more calm and serene than your typical Disney fairy tale movie. But it is absolutely enchanting, and it might be just the kind of calming escape you need right now. And then last but not least, I wish I could say this is just my kid's pick, but this is a recreation of one of my favorite childhood shows, and they did it so much better this time around. Shira and the Princesses of Power releases their fifth and final season on May 15th of this month, and by the power of Grayskull, I will definitely be tuning in. And that is all we have for this week's episode. All of the information we covered here in today's episodes will be in our show notes. In addition to linking to those articles, we've got links to other podcast episodes we think you'll enjoy, articles from our blog here at Ritter Insurance Marketing, and the links to our social pages. So make sure you check out the show notes. And while you're doing that, hit that follow or subscribe button in the app that you're listening on And then you won't have to worry about missing out on any of our upcoming content. If there's something you'd like us to cover here on the podcast, reach out. We would love to know and get an episode together to answer your questions. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Don't forget to wash your hands. And we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel, script editing by Nicole Parasich, artwork by Nick Smith. Mm-hmm.